I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. It's time to get inside the Giants huddle pull up, pull up, pull up. on Giants.com. Here we go, here we go. And the Giants mobile Get them in there, let's go. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of the Giants huddle Podcast. My name is John Schmelk. It's all brought to you by PSE&G, energy efficiency for game time and any time. Visit PSEG.com slash Giants for discounts, rebates, and home energy assessments. All right, folks, our normal Friday fair here. We're going to lead off with a player interview. I talked to Giants rookie safety Dane Belton, who played 100% of the snaps last week in place of Xavier McKinney. Bob Pop and Lance Meadow are going to preview the Lions matchup with former Giants and Lions offensive lineman Lomas Brown. Lomas is great. Make sure you listen to that. And then we'll close out with Bob Papa, the voice of the Giants, sitting down with the head coach of the Giants, Brian Dable. So make sure you check all that out and go back to the prior episode on the Giants Little Podcast feed. Uh, Greg Olson joins us, the lead analyst from Fox. It is the A crew this week for Giants and Lions at MetLife Stadium. Great talk with Greg Olson about the Giants. Uh, he's worked out with Daniel Jones before. Uh, he has a lot of good things to say about Brian Dable. Uh, kind of trends in the NFL as well. We talk NFC, NFC East. A really good talk with Greg Olson. Again, you can find him on uh, the Fox call on Sunday at 1. All right, and now we're joined by Giants rookie safety, Dane Belton. But, Dane, do you feel like a rookie? We're about halfway through this thing. It's almost the full length of a college season, right? Do you still feel like a rookie? Uh, not really. You know, sometimes if, you know, older guys want me to do this or that, bring food in, that, you know, brings the rookie rookiness back in. But as far as, you know, getting in the groove, I feel like, like you said, it's, it's been a, a long season so far. We're only halfway through, and, and I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm in the swing of things. So I wouldn't say I feel like a rookie anymore in that aspect. So we're here. How much different is life in the NFL than maybe you thought it was when you got drafted? Yeah, really, uh, I wouldn't say it's too much different. You know, I feel like I had a, a good picture of what it was just by talking to people who are in the league. You know, I feel like the biggest thing is the extra time and being able to use that to study and, and prepare and get your body right has really, really helped so far. So that's really the biggest difference that I've seen. But as far as what I, what I imagine, I feel like that was, was what I pictured. And that's how it's different than college, right? College, you got to go to class, you got to do those other stuff. But here, like this is this is all you got, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Like like you said, this is this is what you do. This is your job. So you know, in college, you had two things: you had to do football, school, and all that. But here, you know, you got to focus on football. So really, just being able to take all, all your time that you can and just and just focus on that is big. Who are some of the guys you did call and lean on when you got drafted to try to prepare you for what the league was going to be like? 
It was really uh, guys I went to college with and things like that. I would say Geno Stone, safety for the uh, the Ravens, and Amani Hooker for sure uh, for the Titans. Just those guys, you know, being at Iowa and just being able to talk to to them about their experience and how they transitioned from Iowa was big. Was that fun going up against both those guys this year? Oh yeah, it was, it was good to see them on the field, especially you know a lot of guys I played against uh, were uh, former teammates so so far. So you know it's always good to see your boys uh, being in the league, being successful, and just and just doing what they love. Now once you got here. Who kind of took you under their wing a little bit and, and, and tried to t- teach you the ropes and, you know, not just teach you what it's like to be a pro in the NFL, but do what you have to do on the field here for the Giants? I would say it's a collective uh, collection of people. You know, it, it, started, it starts in the DB room, both safeties, you know, the coaches, Mike, Rome, both of them. And then just, you know, as guys came in, you know, even LC, uh, Jalen, linebackers, Jalen Smith, uh, just people like that all, all across the board have really helped me, you know, just transition it and get a, get a feel for the league and how to be successful. You know, Julian and Xavier, they're veterans, but they're young veterans. They're still on their rookie contracts, right? But then they bring in Tony Jefferson, who has been in the league forever. Landon Collins has been in the league forever. Were those two vets that have played the position for so long been able to give you even maybe some more insight given everything they've been through? Oh, most definitely. I remember uh, Landon Collins just got there. Uh, he met us out there in London, and I remember that game. He was, uh, you know, giving me tips on the field. And just, especially, yeah, Tony Jefferson for sure, just being here, being in the system for a while, just being able to pick his brain early right when he got here and just try to learn from him was, it was almost like talking to a coach for sure. No, I'm sure it drove you nuts. You had to deal with the clavicle in, in camp, and you had to come off the field. How did you deal with that emotionally, and then how did you kind of rub yourself back up to stay engaged so when you got healthy, you could kind of hit the ground running a little bit? Yeah, like you said, it really affected me, you know, early on, just being not being able to do what I love, you know, especially early on when I felt like I was getting a groove. But really just after it happened, you know, it's like uh, like you really can't change it. So it's, it's really about how, how am I going to go from here. So for me, it was just trying to stay engaged, being in the meetings, still learning as much as I could So because I knew I was going to be back soon. So when I was back, I'd be ready to go and hit the ground running. So it was really just uh, trying not to focus on the injury, trying to focus on just keep getting better no matter what role I'm in at that, at that point. Are you one of the guys that you need to rep it on the field to learn something, or are you a guy that can absorb it in the classroom and the board can work for you in terms of learning a defense? I would say it's a little bit of both for me. You know, I feel like I, I do get a good grasp just uh, learning in the classroom, but it definitely helps being able to get on the field. You know, it's a little different, you know, uh, different aspects of the game that change, you know, a certain route or a certain way a team, uh, you know, runs a play. So whenever you can uh, rep it out against, you know, your team and your scheme and just being able to see it in person definitely helps. But I feel like they both are ex- ex- uh, extremely beneficial for, you know, me and learning. The one thing Wing Martindale talks about, he wants to use players to their strengths, right? And we know the role you played at Iowa. You were kind of that, you know, money player in the middle of the field, right, doing a little bit of everything. Did you see how the way he decided to use you did reflect some of the things that you were asked to do in Iowa? Yeah, I, I definitely see it. You know, obviously, uh, first and foremost with the blitzing, you know, I blitzed quite a bit in college and just being able to play in the box here, especially on third down and being used to, to blitz and, and run uh, things like that. So uh, that's probably the biggest. But I say one thing that, you know, a lot of people didn't see when I was in college was definitely playing like the deep, deep middle, deep half. And, you know, uh, just being here, you know, I feel like I've definitely shown that, you know, I can do that and just being able to, for him to be able to uh, be confident using me there, just all over the field is, is big for me and to show him that I can do, you know, a lot of things you talk about playing the deep half of the field you got the big interception in the end zone last week and uh, I think I think that was covered too right and that covered so take us through the play um what did you read and and how'd you get there in time to make the play yeah, they, they hit a play like uh, similar to that. I want to say the play before, yeah. and just, you know, I might have been a step late, and just being able to, 
you know, get that rep. You're not not a lot of times in this league you get to, you know, redo a, a play. So really just going out there, and it was a different coverage, but it was kind of the same principle for me, just being able to see the release of one, uh, just see, you know, the quarterback's progression. You know, I had, we had really good pressure up front, especially with Dex, you know, seeing it, looking at it on film. It just it really helped. And just being able to, you know, use the range and, and get over there and make the play it was big. So just all that together just, uh, you know, made the play happen. You know, and coming out of college, you were one of the top kids in the nation in terms of getting interceptions, getting your hands on the football. You've been the part of three takeaways already here. What is it about your approach, the way you play, whether it's mental or physical, that allows you to really have a nose for the ball and, and help force takeaways? Yeah, I really think it's just about getting to the ball. You know, I feel like especially with fumbles, you always want to be around the ball. That's how, you know, think you make things happen. You know, you never know. So it's just being, being able to run to the ball. And then as far as interceptions, it really comes from film study. You know, like what I just talked about earlier, being able to see the play. You know, not a lot of times you get to see it twice. So being able to, you know, pick up on that information and, and not let it beat you twice. So just being able to pick up on that mentally and then just, you know, using your abilities physically, trusting in yourself and trusting in the scheme, that's going to put you in the right spot. And you played 100% of the snaps last week. It was the first time this year you played 100%. You know, with Xavier out, you had to step in. And, you know, it seemed like Julian took a little bit more of the deeper role. You were kind of a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage, right? What was it like working with Julian, helping him, you know, he had the dot, and you had to help him communicate to the people up front. What was that process like for you during the game? Yeah, it was really just about everyone doing the job. You know, for him, it's getting that call and dispersing it. And for us to, you know, echo that call to help him out. And then for me to, you know, get personnel, get the packages that we're in out to everybody so we're on the same page. So just working together side by side was big. Just me doing whatever I can to help, you know, his job easier because he has the hardest job on the field as far as, you know, the communication. So really just working together and get the job done. When you looked at the film, we know about the interception. What else did you think about when you watched your performance and things you liked and maybe things that you want to do a little bit better? Yeah, I feel like for me, it's always every time I, I look back on a performance, it's never uh, a time where I think I was perfect. You know, I feel like this game definitely uh, reflects that. You know, I feel like I made some good plays, but there's a lot of things I need to clean up, you know, just being a young guy and, and, and things I'm going to learn on, especially getting, you know, uh, reps out there, live reps. So, you know, I definitely think there's a lot of things I can improve on that is going to help my game tremendously and is ultimately going to help the team. Why is your team so good on third downs? Second in the league, you're getting off the field. I saw a stat the other day. I think uh, you're holding opposing teams like a 40% completion percentage on third downs. Like crazy numbers. Why are you guys so good on third downs? Uh, it's, it's a big play. One of the biggest plays, you know, in the game, third down. And for us, we just prioritize it, and, you know, emphasize it in practice throughout the week. You know, we got to get off the field on third down. So really just, you know, going forward, you know, throughout the week, you know, we got to put a lot of emphasis on, you know, your steps, your, you know, your coverage, how you're going to work through certain routes, how you're going to do certain looks. And just, you know, when we focus on that, being able to, to study that, it really just shows on the field. So I, I really just credit to each and every guy and then each and every coach, you know, giving us those looks, uh, you know, drawing up certain schemes that really just help us be successful. So I would say it's a, you know, full team effort on that for sure. And same question with the red zone, right? I mean, second in the league, holding teams out of the out of the end zone once they get inside the twenty yard line. What is it about the way you guys approach things that allow you to be so good in the red zone? Yeah, I think it's the same same thing. You know, as third down. You know, when our backs against the wall, you know, you got to hold teams, and you know, when you're good in the red zone, you know, that translates to you know being good, you know, in the record book. So. Just being able to hold teams to three instead of seven. You know, a lot of times having a four-point swing, you know, all our games that we've won have pretty much been one score. So being able to hold teams out of the end zone has definitely shown big. And it's just something we, we emphasize throughout the week, you know, just like third down. So being able to go out there and, and, and do what we need to do, do what we know we can do in the red zone is, is definitely big. 
and you kind of mentioned this as your answer, but I want to follow up. How much is that as tape study during the week to understand what teams want to try to accomplish, what type of plays they want to run out of, what formations? So there's a lot of anticipation there, right? Once you see a look, you kind of know what they're going to try and do. Yeah, I think that's that's a huge part. You know, underestimated for sure. You know, you really can't just go out there and play football and expect to be successful in the red zone and on third down. So, you know, especially the film study, our coaches, you know, dissect that a lot, give us certain looks, give us tendencies they like to do, and it really helps us. So when we get on the field, you know, we get in the red zone, it, in our minds it goes back to that study, like this is what they like to do, you know. It's not always 100%, but it gives you it gives you an idea and helps you out to play even faster. So it's definitely a big thing on film study. All right, let's talk about your opponent this week, the Lions. I know you've been studying them over the course of this week. A lot of explosive plays. Jared Goff, second in the NFL in completions of 20-plus yards behind only Patrick Mahomes. But they don't do it in the, tra- in the traditional way where they're throwing a bunch of balls like 20-plus yards down the field, right? So when you watch them on tape, how does this Lions team manufacture so many of those explosive plays, and how do you guys slow it down? Yeah, they're really good skilled players, you know, uh, the positions they have, you know, they're good players that, you know, can win a lot of matchups. You know, you look at the receivers, 14, 11, all those guys, you know, they're, they're really shifty guys, really crafty, you know, good in space, you know, being able to create separation. And I feel like it starts with them. And also the backs, you know, 32, guys like that, you know, they're good in space as well. They run really good routes. So being able to, you know, get the ball in, in those guys' hands and let them work is really, you know, what we kind of seen. And so that's, you know, that's the challenge we have this week to, you know, try to stop that and limit that. And, you know, play our best football. And you watch them. They want to, they're going to try to manipulate the linebackers, right? And you, when you're lined up close to the line of scrimmage, a lot of play action. You know, that's what Jared Goff did when he was at the Rams. Play action, boot, play action, try to get crossers behind the, the front of the guys. So what does you and, and your group in the middle of the field have to do to stay disciplined, to, to stop yourselves from getting sucked into that play action and not allow those guys to get in behind you? Yeah, it, always, it starts with great eyes. You know, we preach that, you know, day in and day out, just having great eyes, especially on the back end. You know, when you're in the deep safety, you can't get beat deep. So just being able to, you know, know your – your role and then you know if if you're uh, called on to you know fill the alley you know be sound in that but you know your first role is to defend deep and you know first role might be man coverage you know they like to you know run screens a little get they like to do a lot of things to get your eyes off balance so just being able to have great eye discipline will go a long way how different are their two running backs, Swift and Williams? They use them in a little bit different ways, but they're both pretty effective. Oh, yeah, they're both really good backs, really good players. You know, one is a real more physical back. One is a little shifty. They like to get on the edge. So really just being able to, you know, see what they what they use them for and just, you know, play them as, as best as we can. You know, they're really good players, so we're going to have a good challenge this weekend. Dane, best of luck against uh, your opponent this week. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Hey, Giant fans, the Giants official connected TV streaming app, Giants TV, brings original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to Big Blue fans. Giants TV is free on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire TV and the Giants mobile app. All right, we thank Dane Belton for joining us. Good stuff out of him. Really nice young man and smart, too. I think he's going to be a good player in this league for a while. Now let's go to our game preview this week. Lance Meadow and Paul Dottino had a chance to talk to former Giants and Lions offensive lineman Lomas Brandon, who, co- who now covers the Lions in Detroit. Here's that interview. Giants wrap up a two-game homestand Sunday when they welcome the Lions to town. To get more into this week's opponent, we are joined by a man who played 18 seasons in the NFL as an offensive lineman, including two with the Giants in 2000 and 2001, seven-time Pro Bowler, five-time All-Pro, who now serves as the color analyst on the Lions radio network, none other than Lomas Brown. Lomas, you got Lance Meadow and Paul Dottino here on Giants.com. Greatly appreciate the time. Hope all is well. How's everything on your end? 
Everything is great, guys. I hope everything is good for you all, and I'm looking forward to visiting the Big Apple this weekend. Absolutely, and we are looking forward to seeing you and looking forward to this game. And I want to start, Lomas, from a big-picture perspective with the Lions because you look at their nine games, six of them have been decided by one score. So they've been essentially in every game. The last two, though, the ball has bounced their way, but in very different ways. They beat the Packers in a low-scoring game, two takeaways in the red zone against Aaron Rodgers. The Bears game was a much more high-scoring affair. They got the late touchdown with Jamal Williams. What was the difference in these last two games that all of a sudden they've been able to close things out effectively? Well, I think it's two things, though. First thing is the self-inflicted wounds that we have been doing. I I mean, they had to cut that out. I mean, penalties, uh, turnovers, uh, mental mistakes, those were things that were killing the Lions, killing drives, killing momentum in the games. And those were some of the things that kept the offense and the defense from playing at the highest level. Um, They had been a problem all year long. And I think over the last couple of weeks, the Lions have really tried to clean that up, um, especially with the the penalties and the mental errors. So, you know, again, that was one thing that was hurting. And, and, And I do think, the other thing that really hurt the Lions is injuries. I mean, it's hard to get chemistry. It's hard to get on the same page with your teammates when you can't practice with them, when you're not in the game with them. Um, as you've seen, and like everybody in the NFL, they go through injuries. But I think in the particular area, like our secondary, we, we got hit hard with injuries um, this year. Um, and then I think that really kind of slowed up the defense um, and really hurt us in a lot of games earlier this year. So I just think these guys starting to get back healthy so they can practice together, so they can kind of get that chemistry down. And I do think the lack of uh, penalties and mental errors have really helped the Lions over the last couple of games. Lomas, all of us know that the quarterback is always the magnet for the blame or the praise for that matter. Now, this offense for whatever the reasons have been, have certainly been like a seesaw. Some games put up a ton of points, some games not so much. There are always a lot of reasons for that. But Goff, who's been known as a game manager throughout his career, has uh, 15 touchdown passes, only seven picks, so two-to-one ratio, and he's got over 2,200 yards. So tell me, how much better is he than that game manager that everybody believes? Yeah, I, I think he's more than that. I mean, of course, he can manage the game when he needs to, but Jared could push the ball downfield. I just don't think he's had uh, some of the opportunities, and I, and I still think he doesn't have the chemistry with the uh, with the receiving core with some of his other receivers, put it that way. I think him and Amar Ross St. Brown, they have a very good relationship I knew he had a good relationship with T.J. Hawkinson, who we traded to the Vikings, our tight end that we had here. And, of course, with Reynolds, who he had a relationship before he came to Detroit, he's been hurt. So it's been hard. I think it's been real hard on Jared just to find kind of like what I like to say, that security blanket, that guy you can always rely on. And I do think that is Amar Ross St. Brown, But at the beginning of the year, we were counting on so many other guys to be in that receiving crew 
to bring that versatility to give Jared all the different weapons that he would need. But he's a guy that I've seen him. He could push it downfield if he has to. Um, But I do think the run game is what helps him get the ball downfield. We're pretty good at play-action pass. Once we start running the ball and have consistency with running the ball, then it kind of opens up the rest of the offense for us, especially when we want to take shots downfield or try to get the explosive plays. So he has the capability. I think we have the weapons when healthy. We just had, it's just the opportunities to be able to do it. And Lomas, all of this is contingent on, of course, the play of the offensive line. And last season, Lomas, I thought this Lions offensive line was one of the best in football. The problem was, as you can attest to, guys just couldn't stay healthy on the field and they didn't have much continuity. This year, it seems, with the exception, of course, a few games here or there, they've had that continuity. I guess, A, how accurate would you say that is and how much has this group lived up to perhaps the label of this could very well be one of the best units in the NFL right now. Yeah, I I think they have uh, lived up, especially because you're right. They came into the season, I think they was rated by PFF as the number three, number four offensive line. I know those guys wanted, from talking to Jonah Jackson, myself, and Taylor Decker, those guys wanted the number one ranking. That was coming into the season. They wanted to be considered the number one offensive line. They knew that the success of this year would be firmly on their shoulders, and they accepted that responsibility. Um, Those guys want to be great. I just think, like you brought up earlier, you know, with the injuries. Of course, we lost Big Big V, Big Vitae. We lost him um, at the beginning of the season to back surgery. Jonah Jackson missed like three games because of a finger. Um, and we've had to shift guys in and in. Frank Ragnow, too, has uh, had some time where he's been injured. So we've had to shift guys in there. And you know, that's the number one position that you have to have chemistry, that you have to be on night what I like to say that be able to have that unspoken language where guys can communicate without having to communicate. So it's been tough, but I do think they've held up their own. They've been doing what they needed to do. They've created running lanes for these running backs. They created time for Jared that he's needed. So yes, that's the group that we still need to lean heavily upon if we want to continue to put up points and continue to be consistent on offense. Well, let's build off of that for a second, Lomas, because even though the line has had some bumps and bruises along the way, Williams and Swift are both running the ball very well. They're different styles of backs. Could you tell me about what this running game is going to have to do against the Giants to make sure that they they remain balanced and take pressure off of Goff? Well, I know the one thing I would do if I'm trying to run the ball against the the Giants is I'm running towards their ends, or I'm running at my five and six holes. I'm not trying to run in my one and two holes or run towards Dexter, uh, big Dexter in the middle, or big uh, big Leonard Williams. I'm not trying to mess with those guys in the inside. Maybe I'll do some uh, some lamb blocking, or maybe I'll do some uh, some misdirection blocking with those guys in the middle, meaning let them use their momentum to take them upfield and maybe run a trap behind them or, like I say, a wham behind them or some type of delay behind those guys. 
But I think the best way to attack them is to go after the Thibodeaux or go after the other, you know, the other defensive ends and try to stay on the perimeter of the run game because I think it's going to be tough sledding trying to run in the interior of that defensive line. I just think that you guys have two of the one, two of the best defensive linemen, especially Big Dexter Lawrence, man. I mean, the dude is something else. So <laughs> I think to me, that's how you attack them. Stay on the perimeters of the, of the Giants, uh, misdirection plays. And if you do want to run the middle, let them guys use their momentum against themselves and run themselves out of play. Yeah, Dex is certainly having a career year. Speaking, Lomas, of the dynamics of the rushing attack, DeAndre Swift has been nursing ankle and shoulder injuries. He's been back for the last two games, but the workload is clearly not what you normally have seen in the past, and clearly they can lean on Jamal Williams. But now that this is game three back, how much do you think that changes where maybe they start to give DeAndre Swift more work this weekend against the Giants? See, that's a great question because I think a lot of it depends on what they want to try to do Thanksgiving. If I look ahead, because you think about it, that game is four games after this uh, Giants game. So sure. it's, you know, it's how they want to look at it. Uh, you know, if they're going to look at giving him a smaller role against the Giants, maybe Jamal gets a heavier role against the Giants and, and you're able to maybe geek out a win that way. And then you could just have DeAndre ready to go full speed for Thanksgiving. I, I just think it depends on how the Lions uh, internally, how they want to look at using him, you know, because we got two games over the next, what, five, five, five days, you know, once we play in New York or four days. So I, I just think that's going to play into their decision a lot more. But I tell you what, we need him, man. We need him. We need him. He is such a difference maker to that offense. Whether he, he's getting the ball or not, he is such a difference maker for us, and he opens up so many more things for us. So, you know, we, we need him. Whether he can give us 10 plays, 50 plays, whatever he can give us, I know we'll take it. But I think a lot of it depends on what you guys see against us I think that's going to be very upon what they want to try to do for Thanksgiving, too. We got to start with Aiden Hutchinson when we talk about the defense, uh, Lomas. This is a guy who's got five and a half sacks, 10 quarterback hits, leads NFL rookies in both of those categories. What have you seen from him that you like as a rookie? I know coming out, he was a terrific hand fighter and he had a terrific motor. And also, what do you see that's given him trouble to this point during his first NFL season? Yeah, I love the motor. That's the one thing that – and I used to hate playing against guys like Aiden, man. Guys that, man, go all game long. Those are the true guys when they say go to the whistle. Those are the type of guys that Aiden Hutchinson is, a guy that goes to the whistle. So you can never count him out of a play. That's what I love about him. The one thing he has to work on, and I know he's young, and this may be unfair criticism um, because he is so young, and I know how it is to be a rookie in this league. He's going to have to develop a, a, a counter move. He's going to have to. That I mean, I mean, I watch when the offensive lineman gets his hands on him, then he doesn't have a counter move. He just kind of swells in place. Um, and that's not going to work with uh, professional offensive linemen. 
Um, he's going to have to come up with either a rip, a swim, a slap, some type of other counter move. So when the guy does get his hands on you and, 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 and stop your initial move, you have to have a counter move. And that's the one thing that I know he will work on. I know that's something that he will get. It's just growing pains. It's just I went through growing pains when I got in the NFL. Everybody does. I don't care who you are. The great Barry Sanders had growing pains. Everybody goes through it as a rookie when you get in the NFL. He's just going through it right now. But I do love the way he hustles, man. I think that overcomes a lot of the deficiencies that he may have because simply because of the way he hustles to play. We're talking with former NFL offensive lineman. You can hear him on the Lions radio network as the color analyst, Lomas Brown. Lomas, you look at the Lions defensive statistics across the board. I don't need to tell you. It's pretty much the bottom of the barrel. They're either dead last or second to last in all of the major categories. However, it's interesting. They just played the Bears, and they had to deal with a very mobile quarterback in Justin Fields and the conventional back in David Montgomery. And the reason I bring that up they're now going to face a mobile quarterback again in Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley having a career year coming off injury. How much do you think, regardless of the level of success they had against Chicago, clearly Fields had the big run for a score, but that maybe better prepares them for what they're going to see against the Giants this weekend? Yeah, I, I even go back to when they faced Jalen Hurts, the first sure. game of the season. I think that helped them. You know, any anytime you get any type of experience and you're able to put something back in your memory bank that you could use for later on, it's just going to help you. I think that, I think, you know, they've known that mobile quarterbacks have hurt us all year long. You could even go back to Geno Smith, who you wouldn't put in that category, but he hurt us. Tua hurt us when he had to. So I think going up and, and then, of course, you talk about Justin Fields. So I think when you go up against these guys, you kind of, like I say, you kind of keep restoring your memory bank of what these guys do, do. What were your breakdowns that caused these guys to have a big game or explosive play against you? And then you try to correct it. Um, I think with us, what gives us problems is, A, on top of being a mobile quarterback, but when quarterbacks roll out, even just a simple rollout game for us, we don't seem to be very good at being able to either cover the primary route guy, the underneath route guy, or the secondary route guy. We've just been having problems with that all year long, so I'm quite sure um, New York has looked at that. I'm quite sure we're going to see Daniel Jones rolling out um, and looking to either throw the ball or use his speed against the Lions. So it's going to be important for those guys to definitely have their disciplined rush lanes, but to be disciplined too because you got another animal in Saquon Barkley back there that can really hurt you. So it's almost like pick your poison, but the poison that I would pick would be uh, Saquon Barkley. You don't want that poison to get started and to hurt you early in the game. One of the other very big names on this defense is Jeff Okuda, the former number one pick. We know about the tour Achilles cost of virtually all of last season. How has he bounced back, Lomas? Is he starting to look like the guy who they drafted and the and showing some of the potential that they expected from him as a first-round pick? Yeah, I think as a first-round pick, uh, still away from being the third pick. 
You know, that's a high draft pick to spend on the defensive back. But he's getting better. He's getting better and better. Uh, you can see it each and every game. Uh, you can see Jeff step up and take the challenges of being on the number one receiver. And just in his body language, you know, just how confident he walks around. Just when he lines up against a guy in press coverage, you know, how he's up on those guys and jamming those guys. You know, so those are different things that we hadn't seen in the past uh, from Jeff. And I attribute all that to his confidence. Um, we all know that the uh, defensive back position, that's one position where you have to have short-term memory and you got to be a very, very confident person to play that position. And Jeff has that. So he's coming along. Uh, we're happy with what he's done. To me, right now, if I had to look at my MVP on the defensive side of the ball for the Lions, he would be my MVP um, for for the Lions um, on the defensive side of the ball right now. So very happy with the way he's been able to to kind of resurrect his resurrect his career. You look outside of Okuda, Lomas. It's a relatively young secondary. Heck, I would say it's pretty much a very young defense. We were talking about Aiden Hutchinson, Malcolm Rodriguez at linebacker. He was a sixth-round pick. I guess what I'm getting at is, not to say it's an excuse, because you want to see young guys come in and make an immediate impact, but how much are these struggles overall, you think, simply a product of it's a youth movement on defense, and they're just going through the basic growing pains of not having a lot of veterans to lead on? Yeah, I mean, you can contribute a lot of the miss. Because I think one of the biggest things with our secondary and with our defense was miscommunication. Um, whether they get the, you know, the right uh, defenses that they're supposed to be in or the right alignments, I think that hurt us early in the season just as much as anything else and helped put up those gaudy numbers on the defensive side of the ball. I think the communication over the last couple of weeks have been better between the units. Um, and, of course, when you got youth and you're trying to teach them as they learn, meaning they're learning on the job, that they're getting on-the-job training, uh, it's going to be tough. You're going to have mistakes. There's going to be mistakes that those guys make. You just hope that you don't make as many mistakes or you hope that you can limit some of the mistakes that are being made and they don't keep making these mistakes over and over again. And that's huge. That's huge. So I think it's a combination of, yeah, those guys being young, but I do think it was a combination of those guys getting uh, getting their communication down early in the season. I think that was one of the things that kind of held them up and kind of hurt their progress too earlier this year. Lomas, from talking to the Giants, uh, one of the things that they said to me that would concern them as potentially being a tripping point or a turning point in a game like this is the fact that Dan Campbell is so tough and rugged. His players are the same way. He's very aggressive. He's not afraid to take chances. He's very bold and assertive. You knew him as a player. He was a teammate here with the Giants. Uh, how has his personality translated? And specifically, how dangerous could the special teams aspect of this game be for the Giants? Yeah, I mean, that's one area that we take a lot of pride in. I think our special teams has been very good all year long, covering and uh, and returning. I think we've been good on the kick returns and in our punt games, and I do think we have one of the best punters 
or the best partner right now in the league and Jack Fox. So yeah, that's that's all like that's always an area that doesn't get a lot of attention, but that can cause you to win or lose a game in the special teams area. As far as Dan, you know, he's been aggressive. You know, I think he's pulled it back a little bit because the team has played better and I think he doesn't feel that he has to take as many chances as he did um, early in the year or when the team wasn't playing good. But, yeah, I think that could be a factor in this game. I, I You know, I, I, I thought last week special teams would be – could determine what would happen in our game last week. And I do think the same thing. Anytime you play an opponent that you feel that you're pretty close to, it's going to be the little things that it comes down to. And, of course, like I keep saying, you know, special team doesn't get the praise as offense and defense gets, but it's just as a, just as or maybe more important in certain game situations and certain games for you. And I do think that it can be important not only for the Lions being aggressive, but uh, stopping the Giants too. Lomas, before we let you go, there are two numbers that jump out to me, and I'm very curious your perspective that I think could be X factors in this game. The Lions are fantastic in the red zone. They're fifth overall in the NFL. They're converting 70% of the time with touchdowns. The Giants, on the flip side, have the number two red zone defense. Then you have a Lions team that has at least one takeaway in eight straight games, but the Giants have been very good in protecting the football. Of those two factors, which one do you think the Lions can lean on that could very well give the Giants something to think about in Sunday's game? That's a great question. I, to me, I think it would have to be the red zone for me because, again, you're getting those opportunities. You're, getting the, you're moving the ball. You're getting it deep into the opponent's territory where you have an opportunity to put up points. And I think that's going to be the most important thing for the, the Lions uh, um, the Lions on Sunday because again we're kind we kind of been going as our offense has been going. If our offense starts game good and able to sustain drives and do some good things early in the game, then it seems to help our defense out. But if our offense comes out and they're not you know firing or they three and outs, three and outs then it puts a lot of stress on our defense, which I think that's, uh, it's probably league-wide. I'm probably saying something that happens with every team, but especially with us. You know, again, we're a young defense. Uh, we're an optimistic defense where we try to, we're trying to get turnovers each and every week, but we're still a young defense. We're still a defense that's not putting up good numbers right now, and we're still a defense when we get towards the third and late in the third quarters and the fourth quarters. If a team has a good run game, they can start leaning against us because we're not a big stocky defensive line. So teams start leaning against us, and that's when they start making their hay in the run game late in the game. So I think the key for the Lions on Sunday is if we get red zone opportunities early in the game or whenever we get red zone opportunities, the Lions offense is going to have to take advantage of it. And I think taking advantage of it is to put up seven points, not three points. And that is something that the Texans failed to do in the last game against the Giants as the Giants held them one of six inside the 20-yard line. 18 seasons in the NFL as an offensive lineman, two with the Giants, 
the seven-time Pro Bowler, five-time All-Pro, who now serves as the color analyst on the Lions radio network. He is Lomas Brown. Lomas, can't thank you enough. Greatly appreciate the time and the insight. Looking forward to seeing you on Sunday and also looking forward to talking you down the road. Thanks for hopping on. Great stuff, Lomas. Absolutely, guys. Y'all guys take care. I appreciate it, too. Fans, there's still time. Did that interview get you psyched up to see the Giants and Lions at MetLife Stadium on November 20th this Sunday? Well, there are still tickets available to watch the Giants take on the Lions. There are limited seats, but you can go to Giants.com slash tickets to secure yours today. All right, now let's wrap this up like we do every week. Bob Papa had a chance to talk to the head coach of the New York Football Giants, Brian Dable. Let's listen in. The Giants take on the Detroit Lions here at MetLife Stadium. As always, we're joined by the head coach of the New York Giants, Brian Dable. And, uh, Coach, take a look at this Lions team. You know, you can look at their record, but you guys look at the coach's tape. You guys study the film. They're a lot more dangerous than their record would indicate, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, they've won their, their three games. They've won two in a row, but, you know, four of the six games they lost have come down to four points or less. And one of them, they're right there with Dallas at the end with three minutes, 20 seconds left. It's 10 to 6. So um, I'd say they have a lot of talented players, um, you know, young players. I think they're building their program the right way. Um, Dan Campbell's done a, a great job, and uh, they're explosive on offense, opportunistic on defense, and, and really good in the kicking game. Let's talk about, um, you know, they use multiple backs, right? DeAndre Swift is really talented, but Jamal Williams has been making plays for them, and he's averaging, you know, four yards a carry. He's got a bunch of t- rushing touchdowns this season. What makes that combination so lethal? Yeah, I think they're they're both very dependable backs. Williams just seems like he does the right thing all the time. He gets positive yards. He's tough, uh, can run inside, can run outside. Swift is very athletic. Um, you know, really good in the perimeter runs. He can still run inside runs, and he's good in the passing game. I think they use them well and use them to their strengths, and it would be a, a really big challenge for us. On the other side of the ball, I mean, you can look at their numbers, right, where they're ranked. But mm-hmm. as Carl Banks said going into the Texans game last week, nobody wants to be last in any category. So they're going to try everything they can to improve. When you look at them on film, what are some of the things that really have your flag up as far as what they do defensively? Yeah, I think they have a sound scheme and, and good young players. I think Hutchinson has come along. He's a, he's a dynamic player, a defensive end. I think Bugs inside is is tough. You know, Akuda is a, a really good corner. Um, and then they mix up their, their coverages and their fronts and, um, you know, present you challenges in their scheme. Um, this is a, a good group. One of the things that you guys did really well last week was get off to a fast start. You scored on the opening possession of the game. You got three consecutive three and outs defensively. How important is it to kind of build upon that and not only start fast but build upon the fast start? Yeah, I think you try to do that each week. Um, it always doesn't come to fruition, but um, you know that's our goal. That's how we practice, and you know hopefully we go out there and you know give some energy to the crowd. The crowd was great again. Um, you know definitely provided a home field advantage for us, and um, that's certainly what we're going to look to try to do. Coach, um, you do a great job of keeping your team focused, right? And everyone in the building is focused, but. It's 53 guys plus you know everybody else that's on the team, practice squad and everything. They're young. They're on their phones a lot when they leave the building. How do you make sure that they don't put the card ahead of the horse? Because people are talking about Giants playoffs and they got a lead in the wild card, kind of keeping them on point. Yeah, I think you're just honest with them and what we need to do each week to try to you know, get a win. Um, 
this league will humble you really quick if you're, you're focused on the wrong things. And I think you're honest with them. You have honest conversations with them. And, um, look, all we can control is, is this particular week, this particular day. And, you know, that's how we've been since we've been here in OTAs and to try to remain consistent regardless of a win, of a loss, um, you know, where we stand, you know, because it really doesn't matter until the end of the year. Um, you just try to stack them together and, you know, however you finish, you finish. You shared a story with us doing the Coach Dable show presented by Stop and Shop on MSG Network. I'll give a little plug there about your uh, relationship with Dan Campbell, meeting him for the first time. Um, for those who are listening who are not smart enough to watch your TV show, can you relate that story to them a little bit of, of your first encounter with Dan Campbell? Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was really an interview for the Miami Dolphins for the tight end job, and he came in with a ton of juice, um, you know, showing me how to base block and protect, and he's using chairs as, you know, defenders, so to speak, or walls, and, um, you know, he's just he's such an energetic. I thought he provided so much knowledge, you know, having played the position for so long, and uh, just a great, great person and, and a great coach, you know, fortunate to – to work with him for that one year and learn a lot from him of, of how he, you know, approached things and, you know, the way he saw it through the tight end's eyes and a um, big fan of Dan. Yeah, he's a, he's a piece of work and uh, he's a lot of fun and passionate, but so are you. And uh, listen, we want to wish you the best of luck today against the Lions. Appreciate it, Bob. Thanks. We thank Brian Dable, Bob Papa, Lomas Brown, Paul Dettino, Lance Meadow, and Dame Belton for joining us on this episode of the Giants Little Podcast. Remember, folks, go back, listen to that episode with Greg Olson. A great conversation, um, and we talk a lot of good Giants stuff. I think you guys are really enjoying Jersey Guy, too, so we have some fun with that. Uh, on that episode of the Giants Huddle Podcast, it's the previous one on your Giants Huddle Podcast feed. And remember, too, we're doing these pop-up perspective Giants huddles every week, talking about a historic game against that opponent. This year, we're doing an interview with a player that played in that game. And this week, we had the pleasure of talking to Carl Banks, who had a really big game against the Lions in 1990 where they kind of shut down Barry Sanders. So for younger fans that maybe don't know a lot about Barry Sanders, you know, Carl will you know kind of give you insight into what it was like playing against, who, for my money, is, is the most elusive player that I've ever seen play in the National Football League. Thanks for being with us on the Giants Little Podcast. For the guys and our guests, I'm John Schmelk. We'll see you next time. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.